<laughs> Susan turned that on so she could record pops. Okay. Let me get this bite down. Go for it. <laughs> we want you to chew well. <laughs> well, I was raised as a Methodist. And my mother and dad saw to it. My brother and I never missed Sunday school. We never missed the summer activities that was going on for kids. Under what we call those Adidas. Vacation Bible schools. Yeah. Something like that. You went every summer. Oh, God, yeah. But, and right across the street in a big, prosperous 2,000 population town was the Baptist Church. And we had several of our friends were in there, going to the Baptist. Oh, sure. Cousin churches. So, make a long story short, we wanted the preacher to hurry up and finish his sermon so we could get out and get up to the cafeteria and get ahead of the Baptist boys. I think that still goes on today, doesn't that it? That still goes on. We can't wait to nothing. <laughs> well, I'm so full of stories. I forgot the main story I wanted to tell you. Well, you said you were going to tell us how you became Episcopalian. That's it. Okay. Arkham Falls, we came back from Alaska to Fort Campbell. Early 60s, I'm not for sure. And I was sent there to command one of the battalions. So I commanded the 2nd Battalion of 506 Infantry, okay? And it comes with a chaplain. You doing okay? Boy, doing fine. Sausage is great. <laughs> anyway, he was an energetic young fella from Milwaukee and a Green Bay fan. invited him several Sundays over to our house after church to watch the football games. Well, Green Bay was on. And that's how we became official Episcopalians. How about that? Through the chapel. Through football, through Green Bay. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was a young guy. Young by my standards. I was in the late 30s. Well, and to be invited by the. Were you a lieutenant colonel? Yeah, I was a lieutenant colonel. Mm -hmm. That's a high honor mm -hmm. for him. I think he was a captain. But anyway, he was a good guy there, and he he was there with us about a year, and he was transferred. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately. I lost contact with him. Do you remember his name? Hanky or hanky? Okay, wow. It is. Well, now, you were telling us yesterday uh, we had asked you about meeting Dan Blocker. Mm -hmm. And I know we. You've got so many folks that want to talk to you. I know that we didn't get a chance to wrap that up. And, of course, Dana called yesterday, uh, which was an honor to get to talk to another great-grandchild. Yeah. But uh, so you were saying you had left off yesterday that he was in a civilian outfit mm -hmm. at Reverie. Well. Excuse me, I thought we were going to mouth But Blocker not only stood out, that he had been to a couple of years as a boy, he's been to a military school, you know, as a young kid, as a probably junior high kind of hmm. But he was, of course, being an actor, mm -hmm. he, he could play any role. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I made him a squad leader, you know. And that means that he's in charge of the squad. You couldn't get him promoted to it. You know, that's a starting first class position. E7. Ranks go. E8 is the highest rank enlisted you can have. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, and he was sub for the first sergeant. The first sergeant had other duties that he had to do. So he became kind of uh, acting many times as the first sergeant. We didn't have that many. We had some NCOs. We had that pure National Guard that were not the best soldiers in the world. Okay. So with the draftees that came in, we had 18 college graduates in the rifle company from all. We had one that was for the Wharton Business School. And the finance people could him out real quick. And soon of course. As soon as our basic training was over, he was gone. So at the time we were going to Rio, Rocker. Was a squad leader, but everyone knew that he had 
leadership qualities. So he, he made, shortly after we were in Korea, the National Guard troops finished their tour and they could go home. Well, one thing, I can't chew and talk. <laughs> you talk better chewing than I do without chewing, so we're patient. Well, my old wife used to say, you ought to slow up and enjoy your food. <laughs> well, you know Glenn's gone already. You're still eating. I inhaled mine. It was delicious. She used to say when we go out with other people, remember, put your fart down at least once. <laughs> that sounds like green. You're <laughs> doing okay. Hey, fine. All right, no rush. You just pay right up here. Yes. Thanks, guys. Oh, I've got this. Anyway. Then I made Blocker the platoon sergeant. And uh, I don't know. I gotta get my story straight here. Trying to think who the first sergeant was then. Well, anyway. Shortly after we were in Korea, he was a platoon sergeant, and I lost the first sergeant. Why not? I mean, Blocker, the first sergeant. Yeah. And he could play that role. Oh, so he was, he was always the actor. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's great. And did everyone know he was famous? Well, he wasn't famous at that time. Well, he wasn't famous then. Oh, he was. So, just backing up because I, I've heard you talk about this before. So he was wearing civilian clothes when you first met him. First met him. How did that strike you? I mean, well, <laughs> you know, he's a great big guy, great big feet, great big head, yeah. great big massive shoulders, and we didn't have anything in the normal supply system. So they had to go to Philadelphia and work with the army dragging their footwork with everything that happened. He didn't get a uniform for about a month. Wow. And I'll tell you one story. We were deployed on the, on the main line. And we were on the reverse side of this big old slope. We had a, a, a CP man post. It was me, a couple of radio operators, and the first sergeant. Okay. And somebody called and said, "Recruits, new recruits, bringing up." So there's seven or eight guys couple of black guys and they were brand new replacements. And the 
first sergeant. So meet them and greet them and tell them who he was, what he expected, and where they were going. And this, he did that right back of the, the tent where I was in. I was sitting in there and it was where our communications were and I could listen to them. And he had these guys, one of them, two of them guys. Mm -hmm. And their eyes were sticking out about like this. And one of them said, first sergeant, I think I'm in the wrong place. Oh. He said, my MOS is a clarinet player. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be in the band. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what they told me all the time. Right. You were going to be a band. Right. He or you on the front lines. Yeah. Getting on the front lines. Oh, oh yeah. Blocker said, well, son, you know, <laughs> I bet you were a great clarinet player, but we don't have any clarinets here. <laughs> We've got an M1 rifle, and you treat that M1 rifle just like you treat your clarinet, and you'll be one of the best soldiers that we have. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that, that type of stuff. That's great. Instead of throwing a big tantrum. Right. You know, yeah. Right. That's great. That's leadership. That's yeah. great. I've told that story. That is on awesome. Occasions. That's wow. So he he did his best friend Garrison to tell the guy how good he was. <laughs> and what he expected. I'm going to tell you something else that. Very few people have ever told this story. After I left, the guy that replaced me was a captain named Bolt, B O L T. And he had been with ROTC assignment. And things, when I got shot, it was late, late, May. In this, the big push by the bad guys happened on the last of May and through the first of June. That's when I'm trying to think of some of the hills name that made, made it famous Pork Chop Hill. <laughs> we were on Pork Chop Hill, and that became famous in the movie. That all happened right after I left. Right. right. Anyway, Blocker, according to one of the good, steady sergeants who still made it out of there and would come to the reunions, and this was common knowledge in Blocker with Bonkers. Mm -hmm. And he wrote me a letter about that. Mm -hmm. Apologizing. Uh. <laughs> And he, he always called me lieutenant, you know, in a certain way, like right. He said, damn, if you'd been here, I wouldn't have gone crazy. Mm. Yeah. You know, but anyway, right. Right. 
I never, I know, never told that story to many, many people in the year before. Except Barbara knew it, of course. Sure. But anyway, so he got evacuated out after the, there were about six big attacks took place following my episode of Pokai Ridge. That's where I got wounded in the back and all that. And then that's when the main line that was negotiated was called Line Jamestown. Mm -hmm. And all along the line, in the meantime, from the war that uh, started in 51, time frame, and went through 50, parts of 52, was fought between their line over there and mine Jamestown. And in between, he had a lot of big hills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we were fighting over those hills. <laughs> That's all. right. And we did try to pry up with their lines once or twice and got beat back because we knew we probably would. Right. right. Because they, they didn't want us to. We, it was illegal to hold any of that land on their line like it was illegal for them. Right. But out in the front, you had these several knobs, Pokai, Baldy. Anyway, what am I going to say? It was a mess. Right. Yeah. So, so you you got wounded, and then so you basically came back, came yeah, home. Yeah, I, I, I got I got a picture of me getting ready to get on a helicopter and be back to the Mash Hospital. Right. And I was in the Mash Hospital. I woke up. I was shot right through here. Oh, right through the shoulder. And uh, it was sore. <laughs> and I woke up, and I was in a mash hospital, and I woke up. And my wife didn't like me to tell this story, but I was sitting there looking at me was a female lieutenant colonel nurse. And she had on tapered fatigues. Now, as you look back at MASH, you know, the series MASH, mm -hmm. I never liked that because I thought the Army Nurse Corps and, and the nurses and the medical corps got slammed because of the way those sloppy ass guys were dressed and they weren't shaved and all right. that. And that was the exact opposite. A MASH hospital does not have sheets. It's a, they have blankets. Because mm -hmm. you're not there long enough to change the sheets. Right, <laughs> right. They, they just don't use sheets. But I woke up and there I saw this figure. Now you gotta keep in mind, I was a young fellow. <laughs> right. And she was prematurely gray-haired. So I'm sure she was 40. And of course, looked very nice. Right. Yeah. And I said something like, how you doing? She said, well, you tell me how you're doing. I said, fine. She said, well, you've been sleeping well. I said, good. She said, you're going to take an airplane ride this afternoon. I said, oh, yeah, you're going to go to Japan. 
<laughs> I get them asked, what am I going there for? <laughs> you know. <laughs> she said, well, Lieutenant, you're being back to another hospital. You're going to be hospitalized for a while. And, and they don't do that in Korea. So, so okay. <laughs> and I went to Hokkaido, Japan. And went in there. And it was about 5 o'clock on Friday. And normally the Army at 5 o'clock on Friday, station, everybody's down at the bar somewhere. Right, right. And there is a major, his name was Defford. This, I'm born you with this stuff. Mm, but, not at all. But Defford had a GI haircut. And uh, he was strictly Army. And he had a lieutenant in there, netting a doctor from Syracuse University and uh, he was tending to me. Well damn if they didn't get into an argument on whether or not I should have a plaster cast. They had a guy over there rolling and getting the plaster ready and, uh, and uh, a young guy, a young doctor, <coughs> said no no we don't need to do that. We just need to his arm up here and let it heal. So, being smart, <coughs> smart ass that I was at this time, I know. Well, gentlemen, you all make up your mind. I'm anxious because I know you're anxious to get to the, to the bar. It's, it's 15 <laughs> minutes after five or whatever. So the lieutenant went out. Yeah, yeah. And the sergeant who was making the Plaster molds. Lieutenant, I'm sure glad you got them to settle that. So I thought we were going to be in the argument. All right, all right. So, that's the truth. Often. So, how long were you in Japan recuperating? About three weeks. Three weeks. Did you go back to Korea? No. Well, now, not to get too much into the wound, or, or I don't know how you feel about the memories of it, but did it, was it all flesh, or did it get into the bone? Oh, it got it. Okay, so. You know your little scapula bone back there? Yeah. I do. It just deteriorated. I've, they had a hell of a time. After, I don't know how many weeks, but about four weeks, a physical therapist came in and said, Lieutenant, we're going to get your arm working. Mm -hmm. God almighty. Mm -hmm. And she was what I would say a typical physical education major right. at some tough college. Right, what they call physical therapy today, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. She got hold of my arm. You did all of her. She told me that it's not her. We just gotta get that loose so we can open it. And then rip the pocket of your tearing the sheet. And I said, Lord, something. God damn. <laughs> you know, man, that hurts. Well now the, the, the wound itself when you got when you uh, got shot, what was the situation? Were y'all in were you taking fire at that time or oh, yeah. was it just a sniper or what what was we, the situation? We, we got ambushed. I hate to tell you, but I took him right in the middle of a 
Oak Eye Ridge, elongated piece of ground between this line, Wyoming line, Jamestown line, and their line. We went around looking for the bad guys and came back around this bridge. And when we got around here, I could see some of the guys moving on top. Not us, not our guys. So, Little did I know, down here, this end of the Kokai Ridge, us coming around, was a force all dug in, waiting for us. <laughs> so I basically, uh, we had scouts out like you always do, they come back and they said, there's a lot of commotion going up up there. I said, okay, well, we gotta go. They opened fire. We got some artillery in. Then basically they, they overran our position. Mm -hmm. And we were fighting for our lives. We called in artillery. When it was all over, they had gone. Mm -hmm. It had 34 bodies left there. Six killed. Wow. Out of about 40, 40 some guys. So a lot of goodness until they did get here. So yeah, we walked back to our lines. And that's where I got a helicopter ride. Anyway. anyway. So you were still able to move around after. I mean, you could still. Oh yeah. Okay. You didn't make me carry you. No, no, no. But anyway, then after the war, I got a call from my battalion commander, Colonel Spears. He said, hey, they're having a big reunion in Oklahoma City this year. Colonel Doherty, who was a regimental commander, was a federal judge. <laughs> and uh, he said, Fred Doherty said, tell Frank Garrison to get, the, get his guys all organized and come to this reunion. <laughs> so I called three or four of my buddies that were in the company, who I knew. And they, we made a roster. I still have that roster of all wow. the guys. And uh, we had a big turnout that started in 90. And the, the division has, pardon me, has a reunion every year. Oh, okay. So we, Barb and I, went to about four of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you've been to some with Jeff, right? Cousin Jeff taking out to one? Jeff about both of them. And Pops is on the, the wall of Shaggy. And they'll go home. I was, when you said 
you were getting back together. I thought you were going to say that was like 1960 or 1970, but 1990, that's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Mm. And he started dying off. Mm. And, and the association itself is nearly non-existent now. Mm -hmm. They're all getting old. <laughs> Nobody can really travel like you all used to. Yeah. But do you meet, do you, face, do you send emails and stay in touch with some guys? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. It's probably not a lot left. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Were you ever involved in like any of the the uh, American Legion events or any of that? Or? Oh, I, 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 I belong to several of those organizations, but the American Legion never really I felt good about. It. Right. Yeah. Right. And the other one, veteran of foreign wars, mm -hmm. I just didn't feel good about. It. Mm -hmm. But when you belong to it, Regimental Association to the Division Association. Uh, that's pretty much it. Sure. That's people you Yeah. Well, my father came out of World War II, and I think he just, once he laid down his short stint, yeah. he had seen enough, I think, and he just never participated in anything after, after that. So. How old was your father when he passed? 85. 85. So. I think he was in that group that just wanted to leave it behind him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can see why. Yes. That was delicious. Thank you. Yeah. I'll that <laughs> Thank you. Glad to have got some stories. I thought that you weren't telling me stories. My dad won't tell me stories. But you know, that's alright. He doesn't want to talk about it. Well, for those of us that didn't serve, we really appreciate your, your service because people say that, but. I know that um, I know that I think it changed my father, so I'm yeah. sure it, yeah. it changed you. Yeah. You can remember, even with bad memory like mine, you can, you can remember a lot of those things. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, the only way I can understand is it's kind of like having a baby. It hurts, but you kind of forget it. Yep. Until you think about it, and then you're like, oh yeah, that hurt. I remember that hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're, you just focus on the, on the baby. So how many years were you in the Army? 30. Total, 30 years. That's counting that's count two years in National Guard. Gotcha, gotcha. So 28 plus two. Hmm. 
National Guard officer, and Spears, who is my battalion commander, he says, damn it, Frank, you ought to get in the regular army. Did you like the army? I said, yeah, and I did. I like, I like the army, yeah, army life. Sure. And he said, you ought to get into that. So I applied and I had to go for officer group, regular army officers and and all that. And that happened. When I came back, was this? I couldn't pass the airborne physical. Gotcha. Yeah. And so they sent me to Fort Bliss, Texas, and I went in, reported in, and it was a basic, uh, basic training, advanced unit training, base. Reported into this. Old, Typical Hollywood fat artillery officer. <laughs> you know what he said? What's that? And this is the first lieutenant now, and, uh, and just recovered from hospital and back home. And he said, Lieutenant, I didn't send for you. I don't know why they sent you here. This is an artillery base. Well, the ambassador didn't recognize it that all basic training is the same. You know? <laughs> right, right. And, all, and then unit training, that's when you go to quartermaster or wherever you go for your branch, you know. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go before a board there. I went for a board. Well, there. Then when I, I worked out at home and did all those push-ups and sit-ups and partner. So that was in July. And then I volunteered for airborne duty, which came through and my orders were dated in December for report to Fort Benning in January. I was oh, never right. so glad to get out of a place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's where you got the extra $100 jump pad. Mm -hmm. And my loving wife was all in favor of me going to Airborne. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted that $100. Well, at that time, how many kids did you have? Kathy. It's just that Kathy Buck. at that time. No. Did, did have two. Yeah. Okay, so Buck, that's still Buck a cool family. Buck yeah. was born. Okay. So we... I didn't take them with me down to Fort Benning Jump School, mm -hmm. and I got orders there for the 11th Airborne Division, which was at Fort Campbell. Mm -hmm. So I went to Fort Campbell after Airborne School, got set quarters, and phoned them to come on. And So you didn't see Granny for months while you were at school. Honey, are you done with your plate? I'm finally finished it. All right. Sausage, you. I got some extra sausage. Awesome, yeah. It was good. Y'all enjoy your day? Thank you. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah.
your mom and Barb both stayed in my parents' home in Lawton while I was in Vietnam, Korea. Okay. Came back from Korea. Picked up that group, mm -hmm. and we went to Fort Hood. And in December, I came back to Lawton and dropped them off, and I went by myself to parachute school. Got out of parachute school early February and went to Camp Stugo. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, Fort Campbell. Fort Campbell. Mm -hmm. And joined the 503rd Airborne Infantry. Mm -hmm. And that's where Becky came along? Mm -hmm. Becky came along. She came, along, she came along in her birthday, February, February or March. Anyway. Well, uh, have you ever seen that the film that we made, the old family films? I don't think so. I just see that. That got lost somewhere. Really? But there's a picture of me walking out with Becky and the baby. And Granny's out in the car waiting for us from the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you talking, are you, is this this film that was done right around the time that Granny passed? Is no. that the film or this is an older film you're talking about? Okay. Well, because it seems like I've seen something similar to that. So, I had it, and Granny put some, took it somewhere and get some music, put music on it. But then she didn't like the music, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't. I gotta look through my stuff. Yeah, sure. Somebody might have it. Well, I don't think so. Oh, really? Nobody's admitted to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they would have admitted to it right. by now. It's probably been lost in the loops. That's the sort of stuff you want, like bunches of copies of. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I'm, I'm doing the record now, so that we have something. Right. And it's actually in the cloud somewhere, so that all my cousins can... Listen. Get the cloud. Right. It's all. Well, I, I am now. Have everything. And I'm going over this with. Of course, I have a trust. And Becky and Kathy are the arbiters of the trust. And I have it all. In addition to that, I have everything written out when I croak, who to call, and all that. I'm updating that because when Buck comes down the week of my birthday, uh, that kind of thing, that's when I'm going over with all of them. So they got 
Number one, I've got a policy that takes me, gets my, creates my ashes and takes it down to the military cemetery and Buck's got to talk to those people that put on my headstone, military language, what they want. You've been to where Brian is. And you'll be on the same I'll, the I'll be on the same head, so she on one side. Anyway, that's how I'm going. But then, things like it, you got to immediately call the Army Finance Center. Or you're going to have to repay them next month, which they send you, you know. And uh, same thing on Social Security, you got to stop that. But I got it all written out. But do this, do that. And here's the number she called. So, but. Well, you've had the opportunity in your life to see, um, see how many great-grandchildren? A lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> how many great-grandchildren? Seven. Let's see, seven. Is it seven great-grandchildren? Yeah, seven. And, and Dana, Dana's got... One, mm -hmm. Nikki, Catherine, and us. Right, so seven. Seven. That's right, seven Seven great-grandchildren. Oh. That's amazing. Seven great-grandchildren, 11 grandchildren, five children. Seven great-grandchildren. Yes. Blake. Okay, yeah, let's go by the, the family. Okay, Dana has one. And Nikki and Catherine have, well, Catherine has two, Nikki has two, and we have two. Is there more? That's it. Is there someone we don't know about? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's seven. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. And, and could, we are hoping, shortly have a great, great grand child. We're There's lucky. nothing, no news or anything. No news. Not that we know of, but no we would well, love to see great. that. So. <laughs> Samantha, Nathan are taking their time. <laughs> well, Someone else could beat them to it. Yeah. They could. Yep. Well, you got old Taylor's got one. Taylor's got one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are we thinking? Taylor. What are we Eight. thinking? Yes. We, uh, of course. Taylor's got one. Sorry, Taylor. Eight. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> How could we forget so, well, Taylor? Well, that just proves Pops has got a better memory than we do. He does. He beat us. He beat us. That's great. So Taylor you've got and Whitney. Eight great grandchildren. My word. Okay, now what are your plans today? You're going to We're go going to go look at an open house. And I'm going to stop this if that's good.